You're listening to the Sincerely Being podcast by Eden and Callie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sincerely Being podcast. I'm sitting across from my lovely co-host, Callie, as usual. Good morning. Oh, yes, it is still morning. It actually was 11.11, Callie pointed out a moment ago when we were just about to start. And I think that's happened before, so that's pretty cool. I mean, we do record around the same time. <laughs> Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. <laughs> Today is a pretty happy, sad moment, isn't mm. it? Sounds like, a, I don't know, someone's going to go on a maternity leave for a baby, so it's like happy for that. No, it's yeah. also really happy that we've, we've made it through this journey to I get. I know. Cool. And it's been during my pregnancy pretty much. I think we did one episode recording before I went to Canada and I got pregnant in Canada. Yeah. So most of my podcast journey has been done while pregnant, yeah. which is kind of also interesting and exciting. And obviously there's been episodes speaking to that journey, but um, yeah, lots of transitions coming up here. Yeah. And then sad because it's like, well, we don't really know when and if Mm. we'll continue to do this. Mm. We'll see. The if is lightly. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. But essentially, in saying that, we just wanted to do a little wrap up episode. Just, I guess, updating you on a couple things in the way of my pregnancy and what's been happening. Because as I was trying to do every nine week updates. It is coming up to week 35. So we won't quite make it to 36 recording wise, but I figure I'll just do a little update and then. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have had something happen. Mm. Yeah. It has been an exciting nine weeks or almost nine weeks since the last update. Maybe not so much in a positive way, but everything's fine, which is the best. The ebbs and flows of pregnancy. And I I still can't complain about how this pregnancy has gone because it's been overall quite easy, I would say for me anyway, um, which is great. And baby's doing well. But yeah, I guess I'll just go into the story. So it was my partner's birthday last week. So I'd booked us into one of our favorite restaurants here on the Gold Coast. It's a Japanese restaurant. You always have to book in. It's always busy, but the experience is incredible. It's called Etsu. And it's just nice to dress up, put some makeup on and go on a little date night. I knew it would probably be one of our last, if not our last before we're a family of three. So we go out to Etsu. We probably had been there for half an hour. We'd had some edamame. I think I had some chicken bites, which is relevant. That's why I'm telling you that. Like you'd ordered. I'd ordered food and I started eating. And I just all of a sudden mid-conversation was like, I'm going to throw up on the table. And then a second later, I'm going to pass out. Anyway, I ended up face down on the table, not fully unconscious. I'd say I was probably about 30% conscious though. Very out of it. Probably would have passed out if I wasn't putting my head down because every time I went to sit back up, everything would go white again. My partner was obviously there trying to figure out what I needed, what he should be doing, if I needed to eat more or whatever. Could you communicate with him very well? No. Okay. So I, you were basically like head down and like focusing on like whatever you needed. Yeah. Yeah. I was very out of it. I felt almost like someone had drugged me. Mm. Like I was out of my body for the most part. And so honestly, him asking me questions was a bit obnoxious because I was like, I can't even answer. But how did he respond to that? Like, was he just kind of like, okay, I'm not going to bother you because you've already said that something's going on. And he would have remembered last time we'd said something like this had Mm. happened. So the last time something like this happened, if you did listen to one of my other pregnancy episodes, don't remember what one it was on exactly, but um, this did happen at work when I was scrubbed into surgery. However, I got in a position where I came to pretty quickly and that was blood sugar related. Mm -hmm. So initially he thought it was blood sugar related as well, but for me, I was kind of like, I've oh, eaten. but I've just eaten. Mm-hmm. And I didn't just eat like high sugar things. Yeah. I'd had some protein and all of that. So 
he was asking, like, do you need more food? And just kind of coaching me through the breathing and rubbing my back. And then I kind of was tuning out my surroundings. Essentially, I was in this restaurant and just wanted to not be in the restaurant anymore. But I couldn't move because every time I went to get up or even just sit up, I would start feeling like I was going and I couldn't put my feet above my head, which I knew would help (laughs) because that's, yeah, Yeah. just getting that blood flow to the brain and back to my heart. Um, So it was just, I think prolonged because I couldn't positionally get to where I needed to be. Mm. Um, But my partner and the wait staff were communicating and they were really good at just like getting us our bill and wrapping our food up. And my partner took me out of the restaurant And once I was in the car and got my legs up on the dash, I started to come to a lot more. I wouldn't say I was 100% by the time we got to the hospital, but we did decide to go to emergency just to rule out anything serious. And of course, in the car anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And so we roll up to emergency, and I'm very shaky at this point. I think like the adrenaline and like the shock and uncertainty of it all I was just yeah could not stop shaking um and I was still a bit lightheaded but I could talk and walk myself at this time so we did all the tests did all the blood tests all the monitoring all of that jazz had the baby monitor on the doppler and everything was good and she was moving so much so that was great and reassuring obviously because that was what I was most worried about. Um, but we probably were there in the hospital for like six hours. It was Ew. quite a long, Ew. I know. <laughs> Ew. A yeah. long day. Yeah. I know. And you know what? Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> I was so devastated when he told me that he didn't get the rest of the food wrapped up that hadn't arrived yet he's like they just canceled the order and wrapped up what was already on the table and I was like what (laughs) I was I've been thinking of this meal for a year (laughs) because we go annually and I was so devout but no obviously that was not priority but I feel at Subridu is definitely needed (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's turned into quite the memorable little spot. spot, Though it was the first place he said "I love you," and Mm -hmm. so it's kind of become our spot. And now it's the first place we've gone to emerge from. (laughs) We've gone to the hospital together from. So lots of memories there. But yes. So long story short, everything's fine, and they ended up saying it was likely the position of the baby just compressing a major vessel to the brain which caused me to have a vasovagal which is essentially passing out obviously not ideal because there's little warning but i guess it's not uncommon they said so right that and awesome. you said that babe was kicking around a lot so you yeah. were concerned for her yeah um and outside of like pre and post vasovagal you're still fine and totally fine yeah everything else indicated otherwise yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. and but honestly I take my hats off to like I said the staff at Etsu were so accommodating and also the hospital staff were really good and just very efficient and I've never actually ever been to emergency before in my whole entire life. I mean, that I remember maybe as a child, I don't remember, but um, yeah, I would say I actually had a a pretty good experience. So the six hours of of there, was it just a matter of like waiting for people in between all the tests? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to wait in the waiting room yeah area for long because I'm pregnant yeah just like yep get her in yeah 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 um but yeah obviously that was a bit of a shake-up and then I think it just made us both realize that she could literally come anytime too like we could be back in the hospital delivering a baby anytime soon now so just yeah really hitting home for us after that experience but yeah I just kind of wanted to update everyone on my little experience there because I have been keeping you posted on my symptoms and stuff but outside of that like is anything you've been feeling good energy sleep anything else you said you were waking up a couple of yeah so my sleep has definitely been disrupted you know what I really think that like you know the pee situation is kind of like 
prepping you oh 100 for everything that's meant to come yeah like anyone who says yeah like it's just kind of like it's not that something's inconveniencing you mm-hmm. it's like this is the shit that you're about mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. I fully agree and and I think the fact that I used to sleep so soundly throughout the night and I would actually stress if I got like less than seven hours of sleep I would mm-hmm. feel so tired and stuff and mm-hmm. I actually feel okay these days like it's, it's like my hormones are already proving to me that like they're going to take care of me during those sleepless times. Not to say I'm not going to be exhausted, but your hormones do change as a woman to like kind of help accommodate those sleepless nights or Mm. less sleep. And energy? Yeah, honestly, energy has been good. I just think my motivation to really want to do much has weaned Mm -hmm. I think I'm very much in yeah like just want to chill mode yeah it's almost like the end is coming so I've kind of just tuned out a lot of things which is good and not taking any new projects yeah not doing any more than necessary yeah thing and just maybe tying off loose ends yeah exactly Mm -hmm. that's a great way to sum it up but yeah I just kind of feel like I'm so content with no plans and just chilling and yeah, which (laughs) isn't the norm for me, but it feels nice. And it's like, I have no guilt attached to it. It's just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) Just waiting for babe at this point. Mm -hmm. I have noticed, I don't know if I've actually talked about this yet. Did I talk about my breakouts on my back? Because I don't think, no, you didn't. Cause I remember after the episode yeah. that you hadn't touched on it. Yeah. And last time we got together, you had a little leaky leak. Yeah, true. Yes. Leak. Yes. So I've had breakouts on my back since first trimester. I just keep forgetting to mention it and quite like deep, painful cystic acne. It's pretty much just being on my back though. Like I have noticed a few odd breakouts on my chin, but like nothing out of the ordinary, um, but I have noticed now that is clearing. So oh, I'm like, yeah. maybe the hormones have now done whatever they need. Yeah. Or <laughs> they're toning down. I don't know, but I have noticed that that is clearing for yeah. the first time. Nice. It's nice. And, um, I did after the last time we recorded, have a bit of a booby leak, which was unexpected and I guess exciting. It's showing that things are working. Yeah. So it was just out of one boob. I don't even remember what one it was, but, um, I do. It was, yeah. left, yeah, left, lefty left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm not expressing yet, but that is the plan starting 36 weeks. My midwife said to wait till because it can stimulate labor. Yeah. But also though we had a chat and cause Ben works away mm-hmm. from home that it'd be great to be able to express when he get what it's called colostrum colostrum yeah don't when he's around because mm-hmm. it can bring on labor yes yeah. and you kind of like you've been saying I want Ben home yeah he needs to be here, <laughs> he needs to be yeah. here for labor yeah he is uh, booked to be home for two and a half weeks I think prior to the due date but I just have a feeling she's coming early and that might still be enough time but obviously yeah yes, doing like things that that can bring on labor like Callie said it would be ideal to just save those routines to when he's home how long does it take for him to get home so door to door I would say three hours because he has to take a flight and then drive from mm-hmm. Brisbane but the thing is is the flights only go two days a week so uh-huh. he would have to drive or get driven to the nearest airport which flies every day yeah which I think is a bit of a drive. So it is a journey. I'm not to the point where I'm like fearing it. Yeah. But you're aware. Of I'm it. aware of it. Yeah. Maybe then like, as we were saying before, we just had a chat with your doula. Yeah. Um, that I want Ben to be here. And it, we both said just to put it into your birth plan. Mm-hmm. Knowing that birth plans, of course, if you listen to the previous episode, <laughs> yeah. with Gian, that of course, birth plans don't always go to plan. But Again, it's that intention. Totally. Visualize it. Yeah. Not just to be home, but like be in that easeful state, mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to be so smooth and yeah, that he doesn't have to 
get on yeah that awful flight path yeah type thing of hurrying home totally yeah. yeah he's also planning to go to a box party a week prior to when we're due and I'm like you know what he's part of the groom's party groomsmen grooms anyway he's in the bridal party and I'm fine with him going it's just in Brisbane but I'm like you will be sober and coming home (laughs) you are on call (laughs) you will be yeah without the hangover otherwise there's no yeah Uh, yeah like I have no problem with him going assuming I'm still pregnant um but yeah we could be having the baby that day so yeah. you need to be able to get home relatively quickly so and, and, and checking your phone yeah well. yeah yeah there's some boundaries I'm setting around this <laughs> which he's aware of as well yeah. for sure obviously yeah. the last thing he would want us to miss that so yeah, yeah just funny I'm like of course it's the week prior to yeah. when we do <laughs> nothing like a little bit of pressure yeah <laughs> totally added pressure yeah there was actually something else that I forgot to mention, I think in the last episode and it came up is I've started to have raspberry leaf tea because my doula and midwife said it's fine to start that whenever, essentially it's just good for your hormones, good to ripen your cervix, all those things, but it's not unsafe in the way of inducing labor like expressing would be. So yeah, I've been drinking that. And I don't know if this has anything to do with getting Braxton Hicks, but the timing was interesting. Um, I had an episode, yeah, probably a week and a half ago where I had really prolonged cramping to the point where I was like, I don't know if this is actually a Braxton Hicks. Cause it's not just 30 seconds to two minutes. It's like an hour long. And I did actually call my midwife for that just to make sure that I didn't need to be assessed or anything. And she said it likely could have also been baby's positioning, just hitting a nerve or resting on a nerve causing period like cramps. Cause that's exactly what it felt like. Um, and I did wake up in the night to them, not that same night, but a couple days later, but they seemed to subside quicker. Mm-hmm. So this is while you were drinking the tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Daily. And then not that I put the two and two together at that time but I just haven't been as good at drinking it because I've just haven't been bothered or forgotten but I've noticed I haven't had any since Mm. so interesting I don't know if they're connected yeah but yeah that was kind of another symptom I just thought I'd mention that's come up during this trimester or these last few weeks I because I didn't drink raspberry leaf tea and I don't recall really any Braxton Hicks Mm. I don't think not to say that again they're they're connected yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but that probably sums up all of my symptoms up until this point we're pretty much just ready for her though Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm ready whenever she's ready to come essentially in the way of home and just emotionally mentally yeah all of that well I feel like having a little bit of a chat and sort of just going through what we've been talking about Mm -hmm. um maybe talking about the cleanse but yeah. Outside of all of that, you just recently had your baby shower. Yeah, true. Did we actually talk about your blessing way? Your, ble- your blessing? No. Should we talk about that as well? Yeah. So one of my lovely friends who I would love to have on the podcast one day um, in Canada, Carly, if you're listening, hi, Carly. She offered to throw me a blessing way, which I had heard of, but I didn't really know what it entailed. Um, and because obviously half of my friends and all of my family are in Canada. It was just a nice way to connect all of my people together because it's online. Well, she offered to do it online for us because she is in Canada as well. And yeah, essentially what it was, was just a time where friends could share memories they have with me and words of, I guess, wisdom from like friends who are already parents or um, just supportive words as I'm transitioning into this new phase. And it was honestly one of the most beautiful things. I feel like every woman should experience this or every person, like you could even do it as like a birthday 
celebration thing, just having the people you love speak nice words about you or like hearing the memories that they think of when they think of you. It was intentional stuff. Yeah, it was really nice and definitely brought tears to my eyes, um, especially when my mom shared. (laughs) I think the moms always have a way of triggering the emotions a little bit more. But yeah, it was it was so gorgeous. And still some friends from Australia also tuned in. It was just, yeah, a nice space on Zoom to see everyone and share some words and receive Mm -hmm. as the the mom-to-be. And I got that recorded as well, so I can always watch it again. Ben's mom also attended, and she had some beautiful things to say, not just about me, but, like, her son. And that was really nice to hear. And, yeah. I definitely recommend to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually love to start doing them for friends in the future. Yeah. And then your baby shower you just had on the Yeah. Weekend. So that was interesting. Beautiful. And like it went well, like nothing went wrong. It was just a reminder to me how one, I can't sit down very easily. I had multiple people tell me like, just take a seat. I worry so much about other people's experience. So like I was making sure everyone had something to drink or something to eat and that I was talking to everyone as equally as possible. And we did have quite a big group there. It was great. Ben's whole family came down and they don't live necessarily that close. Some of them had to travel three hours. So that was so generous of them. And um, a lot of our friends on the Gold Coast locally also came and yeah, it was just a beautiful time to celebrate becoming parents. However, yeah, it just made me realize that I might not actually want to have a wedding. That you don't want to do big things like that. I don't know if I'm good at hosting things because I just stress. Not that anyone's making me feel that way. It's within myself that I just feel the need to care for everyone and make sure everyone's okay and equally split my time between people. But then when I can't, I feel bad and yeah and with a large group like that not everyone would know know each other that's the other thing so many segregated groups yeah and if you've seen our backyard there's places to spread out so there's like people in the pool people in the bali hut people in the house people by the fire pit and I'm like there's so many people to see but like so much love received again it's just funny how one of the first things I said to Ben was like we're eloping I'm not good in these situations (laughs) but yeah what have you got planned for here on you're still working I'm still working yeah so I actually have three weeks of work scheduled the last week is kind of like a maybe so two to three your bosses put you on because you want it to be yeah basically but she knows that you don't have to show up yeah which is so great I feel very grateful that my manager has allowed that for you yeah and not saying that like I couldn't have spoken up regardless even if she hadn't given me that kind of out but yeah I do work in a very supportive environment in that way and I feel very grateful I haven't been working with clients now for a while I just sort of put the business thing on hold and it's just been nice to mindlessly go to work. I'm working like three and a half days a week, Mm -hmm. I'd say. And I'm not even going to say that once the baby comes, I'll be working on that because I know you'll call me out. So (laughs) we'll just have to play it by ear. Yeah. But I do plan to take nine months off of my nursing job minimum. (laughs) That's the plan. My partner's job allows him to take three months off full-time paid within the first year if I show that I've gone back to work. So we're kind of still working with that. Either way, baby will have us full-time home for the first year, whether it's me the whole time or my partner for part of that. Um, And yeah, I'm just really excited to see how this next chapter unfolds essentially. And having just talked to you and Gian, my doula, and hearing your journeys through motherhood and the transformation that you've gone through and all of that makes me just even more excited. Mm. However, keeping in mind, like, I'm very aware that women who go through the postnatal depression, I feel like I don't know anyone who's experienced that, Mm -hmm. knowing that that's real. I Mm. think being aware that that can happen as well. Yeah. It is basically like you've hit a brick wall. Everything that you've been doing is like 
everything that you know is no longer. Like no one can describe to you what it feels like to have another human body's flesh and bones attached to you. Mm -hmm. It feels like Mm 24-7 for this extended amount of time. It, It just, it's, you know, your partner comes near you and in that first little period, you kind of just, just don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. In my space. Yeah. You know, so these yeah. things come up. So, yeah. It, yeah. It is a very exciting time. Don't mm-hmm. wrong, but, yeah, just be aware that totally yeah. feelings and emotions can creep up. Like I say that all out of hindsight. Yes. Like, mm. I think, again, without having experienced it, so I am a bit naive, but from what I've heard from people and red is that it can be actually quite common even more so than not to experience a bit of a low within the first three to five days and I think maybe even talking about that or having that knowledge and awareness might be helpful in me not Mm. thinking immediately oh my god I'm depressed Mm. instead just being like this is part of it if that makes sense I think the more you know and don't have the expectation that you just are going to be on a high for the whole time um, and just kind of trust that that's part of the process, you can kind of accept yeah it a little bit easier some of those lows a little bit yeah Yeah. not to say that if it's prolonged Mm. there might be something else to explore but yeah I just have heard that from quite a few friends and I think even my doula mentioned that when you're coming down from those hormones yeah Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of like uh, having taken some drugs or something like high drugs yeah after a big rave party like totally huge emotions going right through and then you know the day after and it's become down yeah yeah and you're not necessarily that. like depressed like you might feel that way but Just like you're not way. clinically depressed yeah. but you know that you know that's part of the process and so yeah. I guess me knowing that come down is bound to happen it happens with most people I can maybe just sit with it a little bit yeah instead of jumping to conclusions of oh is something wrong with me yeah Yeah. have you started reading the first 40 days I know you Mm -hmm. were finished I feel like I may have finished but I may have like a chapter left um I've read most of it what do you mean you don't are you reading the physical book yeah because I started reading it a while ago and I don't remember if I finished all of it or if I have a bit left because there's a whole section of just recipes okay (laughs) and so I know I haven't obviously read cover to cover but I forget if I've read the section that was like yeah up until the recipes or if there's a bit more to read but in saying that I have made recipes from it yeah and I got the gist of most of it so whether I still have a few pages left I forget it's been a long time since I've picked it up right okay Mm. well so many things have happened in Mm. there I guess Yeah. yeah yeah what is being going on in Callie's life though and what's coming up for you as we complete this season oh one thing I was gonna say earlier is an agent reached out to me Mm -hmm. saying I like your Instagram feed um I don't know if you've got an agent or I don't know the language that she used Mm -hmm. it's very new to me if you're interested uh here's my information Mm -hmm. and you can have a look and then she just messaged me last night and she's like oh I also see we've got a podcast I also represent podcasts I was like noted I'll tell Eden that yes So I thought that was exciting. That's so exciting. I'll have a chat with her soon. Mm -hmm. I was going to book in with her next week to have a chat, Mm -hmm. but I'm currently doing a parasite cleanse and I'm going to see who it's through. Corrective culture. Okay. Apparently it's two guys from the Sunshine Coast and, yeah, so they have like a powder, some capsules and the oregano oil that you take as like a package along with their e-book uh, and you follow the steps. It starts with four weeks. The first week is very sort of low energy. For women they suggest 24 hours of a bone broth cleanse having followed like a, a salt water flush, which mm-hmm. is a laxative basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for women, it's 24 hours, men do up to three days and then, you know, you start eating quite light and then just sort of cut out 
the foods that they suggest. Mm -hmm. And it's basically to remove all the toxins and inflammation and uh, I guess weed out anything that the parasites obviously feed off, Mm -hmm. which are the sugars and I don't really know much. I'm just following it. So it's first four weeks and then you introduce it, I think, honey and a couple of other things for a week in between the next four weeks of the cleanse. So that end four weeks is basically the same rinse and repeat of the first four. Yeah. And I'm coming up to the end of week two, but I've started on a Tuesday. Okay. (laughs) It's just how it worked out for me. Started on a Tuesday. So yeah, I've done my first week and I wanted to clear my calendar basically. So I'm not on my phone as much. I'm not creating content. I just really wanted some time to think because I feel like I'm at like a crossroads something is changing and I don't know what it is Mm -hmm. like as as much as I love creating content and I really want to keep doing that I also don't know if that's something that I want to do full-time but then again I don't know what I want to do Mm full-time but then again I think Elle's at an age where So, you know, the first seven years are really prominent in a Mm -hmm. kid's life up to seven and then, you know, seven to 14 type thing because they're building all the programs and software that they need for their computer. And she's learning all of that from me, but like any other place that she experiences, she's also inputting all of that. So she's in daycare three Mm -hmm. days a week. And I'm like, I also feel really called to have more time with her, Mm -hmm. even though I love those three days of being able to create content and record our podcast, this coming to an end right now Mm -hmm. is like, what can I do with that extra time? Or do I want to do something more with Elle? Yeah. And so, yeah, all these questions were coming up and I was like, I don't know how to answer any of them. Mm -hmm. I just need some clarity of mind. So yes, I wanted to clean my slate basically Mm -hmm. through this time and that's in itself has been really sort of challenging the first Mm -hmm. week I was like very very low energy Mm -hmm. and everything in my mind wanted me to get up and do something yeah I was like I know I can clean I know I can do this I know I've got some content to create but my body just wouldn't do it and I was like okay cool Elle was sick that week as well so she was home with me um it's very good timing but also challenging because I was still like I just don't want to get up and cook for food yeah (laughs) yeah but then a new thought came up about homeschooling Elle and I felt really called to that and I was like how do I make these decisions yeah so yeah I've got a few things on my plate in my mind to get through Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just keeping myself open to navigate through that and as much as I want to make a decision about doing it like doing homeschooling I was like keen to take Elle out of daycare the instant that I was like I feel so cold Mm -hmm. it's like you need to come home and stay with me and I was like no wait I need my own time as well Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't know all of these things feels like a very pivoting sort of yeah you're going through a huge transition Mm -hmm. as well because I know Elle now is at a stage like I can see her absorbing so much but I can see mostly a neural pathway being created. It's fascinating watching a neural pathway be created in mm-hmm. your child or in anything, basically. Wow. Just yeah. her repeating yeah. and practicing and repeating. Like anyone who says kids can do things over and over, that's they're creating a neural mm. pathway right there in front of your eyes. If you can find how to like nurture that and encourage that and, you know, if they come to a standstill, if I can't do it, it's just mm-hmm. like, how do you want their neural pathway to create? It's just, it's fascinating. And I'm like, I just want to be more a part of it. So while there's that, and then there's this lady who's like, let's be your agent. Yeah. Content creation. Like, I want to do that too. And it's just like, how do I make these decisions? So remember how I said I wanted to say something before? Yeah, it came back. Yeah. And it's very relevant to this. Mm. So I was listening to a podcast and I think they had a doula or something on someone who works in the pregnancy women's health birth space. And she said that this day and age with moms wanting to work, but also be the stay at home mom and having to juggle everything and the struggle that comes with that, because you're feeling like you pulled to do both and mm-hmm. want to do both, mm-hmm. but it's impossible unless you drive yourself insane because you need to take care of yourself as well and then at what cost exactly whichever lose yourself or lose yeah exactly she had a really good way of thinking yeah perspective thank you in saying that they have proven based on like archaeologists and all of that that in our past women were not stay-at-home moms 
even though they didn't necessarily go to work and get the food and all of that, Mm -hmm. they stayed home. They had a community Mm. of people that took care of their child as well. So they would have space on their own to do things on their own. And I never thought of it like that. Cause you always think like back in the old days, it's always the mom at home, staying home with the kids and the dad's out, even if it's like caveman days and they're hunting or whatever. But it's like, no, actually those moms still got time to themselves and they saw the importance of it. And they're finding proof of that now. I don't know how, but in the ways that they do, because they also lived in tribes and communities and they shared that parenting role within the moms that were around. And I just thought that was so interesting because it's just proving that as women, like we do not thrive from being a 24 seven mom and it shouldn't be expected of us. Like we Mm. do need that space as well, Mm. whether it's just a few hours and whether we just have a friend take care of our child or they're at daycare or school or whatever, but that makes us a better mom. And what we do with that time is up to us. Everyone's going to want to do something different, but I just thought that perspective was so interesting. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice to hear because, um, when I said that I wanted to take Elle out of daycare mm-hmm. right now, you know, I was sharing it with Jack and we were talking about homeschooling and like the option of homeschooling. So and you have to remember, he's a very logical, logical brain. Man. He's, he's yeah. just like my yin to yeah, yeah. like completely. I have one of those as well. <laughs> but I, it is refreshing sometimes to yeah. hear that perspective. It yeah. is. It's a slap in the face when they yeah. say but then when you go away and think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was like, okay, if we're going to go down this path, then we have to start with, you know, the education system, what we want at the end of that for Elle. Mm-hmm. And can we provide it or, you know, how's it going to look basically? Yeah, and he's got the questions. It's not in my diary I'm pointing it to. But, yeah, they were very logical questions and it made me think. I was like, okay, cool, well, they are great steps. But there was something else that he said because Elle's been bitten three times in the last, like, two weeks. Mm. And, and, you know, I've my reticular activating system is looking for things. To yeah, latch if on to. If I want to find my answer, I will find it, like, it's my brain is so yeah. good at finding it and looking mm. for it. Um, and so I was obviously seeking reasons to be like, oh, maybe I should take her out of daycare as well. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things are happening. Like there's so much movement at the daycare. And then Jack's speaking my language as well. He's like, maybe this is something that she needs to go through. She needs that diversity. Mm. And I was like, I can't argue with that because mm-hmm. yeah, I know I'm not her everything. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be her everything. I don't want to be her everything mm-hmm. ever. Like I definitely want her to feel very safe that she's always got a home here, but she will learn so many different things mm-hmm. outside of home that I will never be able to get her. Because mm-hmm. if I provided everything for her, she will never leave the nest. She totally. Will, yeah. Same with everything. Like the human being is always looking for that safety, that, easiest route and if you were to provide that to someone if you don't provide the challenges and you know all the things that like yeah. push people to grow why would they go a different way why or like why so many out. people like kids these days are living at home for mm-hmm. so much longer because it's like well I mean you guys have created a monster it's great that like yeah you're providing these things for your kids but like at what cost totally yeah um so yeah, I was like, okay, I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice to hear that because mm. yeah, it's like takes the pressure off. Of totally. Like, oh, I should be schooling. Ellen. Yeah. I should be giving her everything. And yeah. I think that's what she also mentioned in that perspective that they learn different things from those other tribe members or mm-hmm. whoever is relevant this day and age. <laughs> I really like what you just said there because it's it's important. And I think having that reframe, mm. not that she's being corrupted, but, and obviously within reason, like you're not going to send her to someone you don't align with. Yeah. If like, I didn't, yeah. If yeah. I didn't like the place yeah. when I first went there, I would take her out. Totally. And if something else happened, that yeah. was like, wow, that's out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the good thing is, is like, I don't want Elle to 
never go through the challenging times. I'd like for her to go through them and definitely out away from me. So mm-hmm. then she can come back to me and we can communicate those things. Yeah. That's going to happen all throughout life. And I guess that's like a different way of being able to nurture her and nourish her through my perspective on life and, you know, how I see and view things. Cause she'll have her own experience and be like, this happened to me. And I can mm-hmm. be like, let's see the bigger picture. Obviously she's two and a half. Yeah. That picture is not going to be very big right now for her, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I guess it's still an education and growing opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it looks like. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that takes pressure off me, mm-hmm. but still those thoughts are there. So yeah. Well, I think a lot of people that I'm surrounded by, have had similar thoughts I don't want to be part of the system anymore Mm. which is also fair Mm. and I am just choosing to be ignorant at this point because I'm not quite there yet but (laughs) don't need to be there yet but I do have those thoughts as well but then it's also like you said at what cost and and then is there a happy medium or another option not so black and white yeah yeah So yeah, it's an interesting journey right now. Outside of that, I guess I'm just navigating this cleanse and not trying to do too many things because yeah. Well, if your body's cleansing too, that takes a lot of energy. Mm. So just reminding yourself of that, like physically, yeah, it's okay to dial it back too when you're also trying to get parasites out of your symptom <laughs> well <laughs> and I don't know if I've got parasites but like I said at the very least because in all honesty I don't know how anyone actually finds parasites because yeah. I was saying to you before it's like I'm not going to go fishing in the toilet to go have a look through yeah what comes out of me but yes like I'm eating clean throughout yeah. this process yeah so it's clearing everything out totally. of the system yeah it's just a fresh start yeah it's nice so, yeah um, and you know, there are challenging days when Jack comes home with a bottle of wine that yeah. it's just like, I'm not going to join you. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess it's challenging me. And I obviously have wanted a challenge because I felt so called to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you've talked about different things that you've wanted to start, but then this feels like you said different like you're like, I actually with my whole being feel ready to do it. Yeah. Whereas maybe those other things you were like one foot in, one foot out, not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't finish this cleanse or if I stop it, then I've been down that route and I know where it's going to end. Type yeah. Thing. So it's not going to get me anywhere. But if I continue this on, it's like a whole new pathway. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, don't have any big plans for the year. Jack, I mean, he's going through some challenging times with his business. Challenging for the good, but like challenging in that like he's at that glass ceiling of going through the next stage, but um, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It feels like the glass ceiling, like a really, really large glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like at a plateau. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm ready to find the hole. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but perseverance. That's perturbation, putting pressure on that time and eventually something is yeah. going to like yeah. break. And you know what? Um, in my mentorship, I pretty much have realized that I never give it enough time to get over it. Yeah, right. My glass ceiling's just been the same. Yeah. And sometimes I even like drop down lower so you're and then impatient? I go back up. Yeah, a little bit impatient or it's like a disbelief in that I can get over it. Right, so like grit, the endurance. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting because I feel I can endure in a lot of things. Yeah. But when it comes to business. Yeah. Isn't business just like one hell of a spiritual journey? Oh, seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, with the conversation that we were having with your partner not being spiritual? Yeah. Yeah. Just Jack and his business partner going through the business journey. Like, holy crap, I Mm. have never seen so much transformation Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time that they've been going through this it's amazing yeah like you do not have a business unless you are doing some sort of personal growth work no whatever that looks yeah like yeah it just won't you won't have a business if you can't endure through those hard times of like fuck this isn't working or it's like this isn't enough money or Mm -hmm. 
I don't have enough time. You have to look inwards at those mm. times, right? It, it's like you can't not have yeah. growth. And it's interesting. It kind of begs the question for me of like the people that aren't in that entrepreneurial business space and they're just kind of going to like a nine to five working under someone. I wonder if you compared them to business owners, their personal development journey would be not as strong. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it could also just be I'm drawn to hanging out with those people who are also wanting to grow something business-wise because that's the space I want to be surrounded by Mm -hmm. and gravitating away from the usual nine-to-five workers. But I think it also comes hand-in-hand with people being just so invested in bettering themselves. So I don't know. Totally not to slam anyone doing the nine to five because that's no. where it came from. <laughs> and and I was just saying to you earlier, and I think even on this podcast, like it's so mindless to do that. And it's refreshing. It's so easy to do it's it. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Like I look at my nursing job that I just go to, I can turn my brain off, like obviously in a safe way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to just wipe my hands of it when yeah. I clock off. Yeah. I am drawn to it in a lot of ways right now because it's it is the easier route. Yeah. Um, I think what you may have been trying to say with like people doing uh, businesses, and this is not always the case, and it's not always that their growth mindset versus closed mindset. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even say closed. I would say just unaware. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, potentially. It's kind of like, like it's not. Why would I think about that? Yeah, yeah. Like just no awareness of like yeah. the need for it. But the growth mindset definitely it tends to be a whole lot more prominent in people who are business-minded mm-hmm. or creating their own business yeah and I just don't know I guess it's that whole chicken and egg thing like I don't know what comes first yeah but I've just noticed when I'm in like my mentorship spaces or like hanging out with people or crowds that are developing their own business or entrepreneur life or whatever they always seem to just be so invested in their personal development yeah. and yeah spending money on bettering themselves yeah as well as yeah trying to grow business yeah but yeah it's just an observation Mm -hmm. I don't know again what comes first yeah and obviously it's not to say that people in the other space aren't also bettering themselves yeah yeah I don't really think I have anything else to update on my end because I literally am trying not to plan or expect too much from this next period of my life because I have no idea what it's going to be like. And so for me and the type of person I am, I'm trying to just have a blank calendar, blank space, everything blank so that whatever comes, I can just take Mm -hmm. it as it comes. Mm -hmm. And that's formidable in that you know you're coming from who you know you have been yeah having to control everything like Mm -hmm. I think that's something to take note of because you've shared so much of it through fertility health Mm -hmm. being in absolute control like I know there's an element of wanting to control but Mm -hmm. still like that's always going to be there yeah to remove that would just be like suicidal yeah basically yeah um I think that's something to really admire Mm -hmm. about you that yeah taking that step and yeah despite the discomfort yeah I think it's interesting though because having an excuse like having a child makes it a lot easier if it was on my own accord as we've witnessed I'm not very good at holding myself accountable to that you haven't been very good I haven't been but it's almost like well I have a kid now so that's all that I need to focus on and I've never done it before so it's all going to be new yeah and I just need to roll with the punches essentially but not to say it's not scary but that fear is so minimal at this stage Mm. yeah I have more excitement than anything else and curiosity that's a good word to use yeah well nice yeah Yeah. I don't think I've got anything else to report on either it does feel like a nice little wrap-up yeah it does and I feel like there's so many unknowns for both of us like there's transitions in different ways happening, mm. strong ones mm-hmm. on both ends. Mm. So it'll be, yeah, just interesting to see what comes of those. Yeah. Ultimately, we don't, I think we said it in the beginning, we don't know if and when we'll start up the podcast again. I expect we will, but mm. time frame, I'm very honoring in that knowing you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. ahead of you. And, um, I guess I'd like for you to take a lot 
and all the time you need to have your babe and get to mm-hmm. know her and you guys as a family and yourself as a mum. Yeah. And just respect that and do it when you feel called. Yeah. Really called to just want to chat. Yeah. And then I know, again, when babe starts toddlering around, that's a different journey. Again. Yeah. <laughs> In itself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah. Yeah. But this has been such a fun little side project, hobby. Yeah. yeah. And anyone who's been listening with us over this course of time, Gian the doula just said that she listened to all of them. Like, I know. I know. Whenever I hear <laughs> that, honestly, if you do listen, please let us know because I have no idea. And oh my God, it and- blows my mind and yeah, explodes my heart to think that someone is actually listening to anything that yeah. I say. I know. <laughs> yeah. And that's like all we could ever ask for is that like people enjoy what we mm-hmm. have to say or relate or get some value out of it because that's the yeah. exact reason we've done this. Totally. And I guess the idea of this is like, if people do find it valuable, like we really would like to know because otherwise mm-hmm. we'll make a point to find out what is valuable so we can mm-hmm. continue to offer provide. that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Because yeah. this yeah. has been fun. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. I feel like there's been so many learnings from it that I wouldn't have even thought at the mm. beginning. So mm. thank you guys so much. We love you. We love you so much. And um yeah, I guess we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Yeah. I hope anyone else who's going through these big transitions gets to take some time for themselves mm. and reflect as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Take a moment. But thank you. We love you. Bye, guys. <laughs>